give him a uh, big old wacky boy. Hello and welcome to D&D Valiant Odyssey, a live play podcast played by a group of friends with nothing really better to do. Speaking of friends, we are asking you to come on over to Instagram where you can follow us and you can make sure that you're catching up on all of the action for D&D Valiant Odyssey. We have a Twitch channel that you can subscribe to as well and make sure that you're catching up on all the fun on times that you're not getting your episodes of D&D Valiant Odyssey. And it can fill in the gap for the weeks when we're not actually here online. So make sure you're getting onto that as well, guys. We'd really love it if you could follow us on anything that you possibly can. And if you can actually leave a review on any of your podcast mediums, we would greatly appreciate it. It all helps so, so much. And we can't wait to deliver more great narrative content to you on a regular basis. So let's get into the story. All right. So you find yourself... Peering off in the distance at Beagram, out of the corner of your eye, and you hear this crackling sound as this starlight begins to illuminate in the hands of Zendardus. And as you stand and look, you see that your host has also stand, and you see this massive blast of white hot energy hit him in the chest as Zendardus yells, Elders Blast! Uh, so roll your attack, please, Zen. That will hit. Roll your damage. Seven points of damage. Very nice. Type of damage is that force? Uh, yes. Zen, you watch as it basically sprays and permeates around his form. He stands, you watch as the violinists stop. The brass band stops. And you hear this booming voice coming from your host say, Everybody needs to leave now. And as he says now, you watch as the windows shatter and everybody screams and runs out um, you watch as the only people that remain are the ones that were sitting around the table with him you can see one other individual by the pole down there at the base of the stair that stays as well you can see the ones around you seem to be wearing an owl mask and the crocodilian mask the one down there seems to be wearing what looks like this hyena mask and he sort of turns around as well and looks up at that we will go through the surprise round for you guys because as he says that you guys would have jumped on uh, Zendardus's movement. So that brings us to Bagram's turn on the surprise round. Yep. Uh, I will basically just kind of turn and shoot with my short bow right at um, Cordonis. Go for it. Roll your attack. 15 will hit. Hit. Excellent. Roll your damage, please. Four. Okay. So as it hits him, the arrow embeds into his shoulder and you watch as it just bursts into flames. He doesn't seem to take as much damage from that. Sneak attack as well with that. Yep, take some sneak attack. Deal an extra 1d6. So that's nine total. All right, so you watch as he doesn't seem to be as affected as you usually would, um, having been uh, struck him from a hidden position, basically taken unawares. You watch as the bolt incinerates on his shoulder. Uh, He doesn't seem phased by it. He's looking directly at Zen. Okay. Then I'm going to actually head over towards, uh, just past Leonis, away from... Him, 30, and just kind of hiding behind a little bench table off to the side here. Yep. And yeah, just take my bonus hide action. All right, so you get your bonus hide action as you begin running back behind Leonidas, ducking as best you can into the to the hallway crevice. Roll your stealth check for me. 
14 noted. Thank you. Uh, next up in the surprise round goes to Leonidas Goldenmane. You're up. <clears throat> yeah, right. Okay. Uh, so I'd have all my stuff, right? I'd have yep. my shield and that. Yep, yep. So I'm going to um, don my shield. Mm-hmm. And I'll use uh, Hunter's Mark on... Cordona. Gotcha. Um, he is marked. So I will cast that. And then basically turn, charge, attack. Okay, go for it. You run across the hall from where you are, shield in hand. Mm-hmm. Hunter's Mark blazoned above this creature's head. Roll your attack. 17 will hit. Mm-hmm. 10 for damage. 3 for uh, Hunter's Mark. Okay. So oh, totally 13. So you watch as the sword strikes through. Again, doesn't appear to damage him as much. And as you look at your blade, you can see it's almost like running it through a hot iron. It begins to glow this orange color. But then you channel that energy back and you watch as you signal your hunter's mark. This flare appears above his masked face and that appears to hurt him a lot. So as he sort of knuckles over, he looks behind, behind himself towards you and he says, I said everybody needs to leave. In our surprise round, Zendardus, you initiated the surprise, so your turn would be now, but you've had your surprise round, so we go straight to Micah. F. <laughs> uh, Micah's just going to take a dash action to and up the stairs. Yep. Obviously, Fizz is just attached <clears throat> to the waist, so. So 50 feet gets you to the top of the stairs. Are you running towards? Yep. The glaive's out. Right glaive there. has a 10 foot range if you wanted to yep. stay back a bit. Oh, no, no, I'll stay there. Yeah, stay there. Within 10 foot, and then if anything moves, I have... Um, the pole arm master. Okay. Cool. So you come up there rushing up the stairs, fizz attached, and as you're running, he's just like, oh my God, we're going for a ride. <laughs> and at that, you sort of pull out your glaive and just sort of position it towards this individual who has these three-faced masks. As you look at his eyes, as he's looking towards you, Zendardus, you can see the blue quickly shifts almost like a burning ember to a yellow. And you see as well, like the, the mouth that seems to be emblazoned in the mask just seems to curl that a little bit more, looking very sinister. So that's our surprise round over. Come to the top of the round with Beagram. So I am going to just uh, take another kind of uh, shot with my short bow mm-hmm. and see how that goes. And that's in that one. Why not? And I'm I'm still hidden. Yep, you're still hidden. But so, actually, you're not anymore because attacking reveals yep, your position. Yep, so I'm just bonus action hide again. Okay, roll your attack. Uh, roll yourself okay. uh, twelve. Okay. So ducking behind, you can see that this individual seems to be getting angry and you see those heat marks that seem to be coming off of him almost like you see on a hot uh, desert road. Mm. Uh, it's obscuring what is above. At that, we have Leonidas's turn. Three swing. 21. 21 is a hit. For a total of two. One for the sword and one for Hunter's Mark. Okay, so again, the sword doesn't do so much damage, but you watch as the flare of the Hunter's Mark seems to do more. Um, he's still alive and that brings us to one of his lackeys turn. So you watch as the individual that seems to be sitting directly opposite Zendardus has this crocodile mask on him and you watch as he looks towards you and he just starts to flop onto the floor. You watch as he begins to writhe around and you watch as he starts to grab his face and start to claw at his mask and tries to pull it off as best that he can. And as he's ripping and ripping and ripping, you can see he's clawing into his own face, almost like ripping from the ears all the way to the cheek and from the forehead all the way to the eye, just trying to get this mask off. Um, he's creating wounds on himself that looks very similar to the wounds that was on the bird individual's face, Leonidas, and you see this being in close proximity as well. As he's writhing around, you watch his parts of his body begin to turn into these scales. You can see his mouth and nose elongate to emulate that of a crocodile, and you can see these teeth that begin to emerge, and you hear this snapping sound as he wishes his tail around into the air. 
and he turns immediately to Zendardus for an attack. Is a 17 to hit. Yeah. You take eight points of piercing damage and I need you to roll a strength saving throw, please. Okay, so you unfortunately fail. You are also grappled in the mouth as it just starts to death roll with Zendardus in the chair, just like pushes him off and he's almost like trapped in this crocodile death roll. You guys can see this crocodile just seem to emanate up and you can hear it sort of, it's almost like this echo of mixture of noises. It's a snapping crocodile noise mixed with like the screaming pain of the human that seems to be transforming at this point. And you start to hear bones snapping as that transformation is occurring. Brings us to the one that's down the bottom near the pole and you watch as his hyena mask does the same effect to him. Um, Sorry, can I get you to make a dex save? Yep. Hellish rebuke? Yep. Uh, he gets a four, so he'll uh, take some damage. Fail. Nine points of fire damage. As Zendardus gets bitten into, you watch as this light sparks and illuminates around the crocodile. It seems to uh, hurt him. Uh, at that, you watch as the uh, hyenaed individual has a similar sort of transformation. You watch as his back and spine begin to snap into this arced sort of position. You watch as his hands fall down and claws begin to protrude from them and he just starts to have that hyena-like laugh. And as he looks towards you, Beagram... <sighs> Uh, being at the top of the stairs, he just makes a run up to the top of the stairs to try and get to you. Uh, Once he gets to the top of the stairs, having 50 feet of movement, he gets there with uh, 45. Um, He will attack you with a bite. Uh, That's a natural 20. Yeah, Yeah, I think that'll hit. Oh, boy. Nine points of piercing damage, and the bite gets you directly on the leg, and you can feel it puncture into your leg. You can hear the similar sounds of a screaming person behind the wails and laughs of a hyena. Um, Every step it takes seems to have like cracking bones and you watch as his forearms begin to protrude and sprout this spotted fur emulating a hyena. Uh, That then brings us to Zendardus' turn. Yes. Well, I'm not going to be able to break out of the grapple. I'm going to use my bonus action to give myself 2d6 of healing uh, using my... Uh, healing light. Oh, that's not fantastic at all. That's three points of health, which gets me back up to 10. That was my bonus action. My normal action, I'm going to... Does anyone know... It, oh, sorry, I need to look up how much uh, water I can create. Four half, gallons. Half a does. How much is four gallons? I don't know. What do you want to do with it? Uh, I was going to pump it into the uh, crocodile and make it explode. <laughs> I don't know if you can do that, but it's a creative use of the spell, so I'm going I'm to allow it. Go roll. Let's say roll roll a attack with your spell attack modifier. What level spell is it to? Uh, level one. Yep. Uh, so I create four gallons, and that is a 17. Okay. 15 liters. 15 liters. So I'm going to take that as your score to break the grapple. It won't make him explode, but he might release the grapple if you're forcing this amount of water down his throat. Uh, he gets a, his strength is pretty high, but it's not high enough. He gets an 11. Oh, cool. Um, so you watch as his bite releases from you and I'll say that you push him, uh, five feet back away from you just from that spell use. So, so yeah, you watch as he skids across the floor, this water protruding out of his mouth and he's sort of coughing all over the floor. Um, he looks towards you and starts to move slowly and hiss like those crocodiles do that are angry. Is that your turn? I'm not going to be able to take any more hits. I've only got 10 HP left, but if I I can't disengage, I'm going to run away uh, past uh, Bagram, not Bagram, Leonidas and Micah. So you're running? Yep. They'll get an attack of opportunity? Yep. So it's both of them. Okay. So the one that seems to be mid-transformation, the one wearing the owl mask, will go first. That will be a uh, 13. 
Ah, uh, meat. Six points of piercing damage you get from this beaked mouth that seems to have just been transformed into this owl and he just snaps out at your ankle as you leave. Mm. And from our host, Cordona. It's been good, guys. Yeah, that is an 11. So he misses. Uh, And you watch as he strikes out with a hand and then uh, completely misses. All right, yep. I run 30 feet. I run towards the stairs that lead down the balcony. Very good. Is that your turn? That is my turn. All right, that brings us to the one that seems to be currently transforming into an owl. You watch as his arms begin to shorten and sprout these long brown feathers. You can see his face seems to be just turning into the flatness of a barn owl as he lashes out at um, Zendardus. And you watch as well as his head turns 360 degrees. You hear this snapping noise as these feathers sprout out. He will take flight. You would fly away, little bitch. As you're saying that, you watch as he flies into the air. Swoops down towards you to attack, Micah. Uh, he will get a 18 to hit. It was Leo who said it. <laughs> <laughs> you only take three points of piercing damage, and then he's going to use his flyby ability to continue on without an attack of opportunity. Hang on, though. Can I use my pole master, pole arm master bonus attack? Reaction? Yeah, re- pole- For an attack of opportunity? Opportunity attack, yeah. Yeah, you would be able to if he didn't have an ability called flyby, which means he can go past you without invoking one. So he's going to dip and swoop, and he's going to be right just behind. There. He's going to be just behind you, Micah, but he's going to be about fifteen feet in the air, just perched on the top of this door frame, and just screeches like an owl would behind you. Uh, that brings us to his turn. He'll use his bonus action to transform. You watch as the layers of clothes and skin begin to sizzle and burn off of his person. You watch as his spine begins to protrude through these spikes that seem to pierce his skin and almost rip apart the different parts of his disguise. You watch as well as these two leathery bat-like wings begin to protrude out past his shoulders and you also see this vicious maw, this almost serpentine-like smiling face of jagged sharp teeth and red eyes. You watch then as he extends his hand and this spike emanates from his hand and into like a weapon and he (laughs) takes to the air. Cordona stands around and says, You dare insult me in my new home on this land? I'm finally free and the last thing I need is a puny mortal insulting my name. And you watch as he's... Very angrily flies up in the air. He will get an attack of opportunity from both of you. Yeah, cool. Uh, Leo and Micah. 23 will hit. 14. 14 does hit. Roll your damage. Okay. So you watch as Leonidas, as he's flapping his wings, trying to elevate himself above this area. Oh, yeah, that's radiant damage. Yep. You watch as well as Leonidas takes a swipe and you cut across half of his wing. And as he does that, he drops almost like four or five feet that just gets him in line of sight of Micah. How does your attack kill him? Yeah, buddy. The average man has slain a demonic fiend. One hit, one kill. What color is Fizz? Fizz is like a green glowing. Like a green color? Yeah. So I guess um, Fizz sort of dissat disappears and sort of that green wisp sort of wraps around the spear and as it goes through it sort of like pulses green as it makes contact and then explodes into green energy. You watch as he says this is my realm this is my (laughs) dope you watch as the spike emanates through his chest being stabbed by Micah 
and you watch as that green energy explodes and then there's a moment of silence that falls across the party before you hear a voice from the pint glass from Micah's belt say, And don't come back! And at that you look around and you can see these animals that have been transformed just look at you and begin to snarl. They still seem to be on the attack. So that then brings us to your turn, Micah. Jesus. <laughs> Rattle. Wow. Um, you turn around and hit... What, who was behind? It was the owl. Uh, the owl's above there. The owl's 15 feet the in the air. 15. And then you got the croc and you've got the hyena. So if I move five... I can move under it then. And attack yes, off. absolutely. Yeah, would that work? Would it 15? 15 feet. You're about six foot tall. The pole's probably 10. Like you're clearing cobwebs from the Odyssey <laughs> Guild. <laughs> Knock it out of the tree. It make a sense for doing all these chores. Mm-hmm. A 15 will hit. Um, we will obviously smite. Is this a fiend or undead? No. No. This is a cursed human. 15 plus 3 is 18. And then I'm going to use my pole master. So with a bonus action attack with the back of the spear. That's a 15. That's a hit. So what damage did you get for your pole arm? 20. How do you want to kill it? Uh, once again, the pole arm just glows with pulsing green energy and again just explodes the, the Big human. green energy. <clears throat> so then you, you listen and hear Micah just begin to swirl this blade around and you watch as he's swinging in a fashion where you had seen him swinging a broom before, clearing cobwebs from the Valiant Odyssey Adventurers Guild. <laughs> it's all connected. You watch then as this... Spike just embeds into this owl-like transformed figure and this green explosion occurs and you watch as he's just killed two individuals. With two hits. Just perfect record. Through skills learnt, through menial tasks given to you by Arden Cassidy. kid style. At that, it's Bagram's turn. Bagram, all right, well. Being bared down on by this humanoid hyena hybrid. I'm going to hit it with my rapier. 18 does hit. Plus. Points of damage? Yep, eight plus another three, so that's uh, 11. Very nice. I'm going to use my disengage bonus, and I'm going to run down the stairs. So very good. It's almost like that scene in Jurassic Park where those people are hiding behind one of the doors and the fucking velociraptor comes through, except you turn around and stab him in the mouth with this rapier and then run down the stairs really, really quickly. Yeah, basically. Um, So, yeah, he's like howling in pain as he turns around to you and starts sort of sniggering and howling and cawing down the stairs. Leo, you're up. So uh, as my bonus, I'm going to change the hunter's mark to the crocodile. Yep. Uh, basically, he's charged down here and... Go for it. Still spitting water out of his mouth. Yeah. Could you go to him with sword and shield raised? Give him a uh, big old wacky boy. Uh, 23. Hit. Violent yeah. hit. Five damage plus one of... Uh, so six damage total. All right. You stab directly down into his, his spine and sort of twist your sword. And as it does, that orange flare happens from the hunter's mark. He's still kicking, but he's looking really bad. Uh, his blood seems to be moving all over the floor. That then brings us to the crocodile's turn. He's going to turn around to you, Leonidas, and attempt to snap back. Uh, he's going to get a 15. Yep. So he goes to snap at you. And as you do, you, yeah, you punch it basically. And he sort of smacks his head against the wall. Attack not taking effect. That's his turn. He's going to stay there. And that then brings us to the hyena. He watches it turns around and just sees Micah exploding all everything around it. His arms outstretched still from the attack before. This hyena sees an opening and will go for it. Uh, that's a 15. That misses. All right. So as it goes to bite you, you raise your knee and just knee it directly into the top of its chest and it just howls and bounces back off of you and you stand in that defensive position once again. 
Zendardus, you're up. Sorry, can I just confirm the wording of this? Yes. So when I'm welding a glaive, halibut, pike, quarterstaff, or spear, other creatures provoke an opportunity attack from you when they enter your reach. Does yep. that count as entering the reach? Yes. Yes. So that would be an attack. Yes, but you've already used your reaction and it hasn't been your turn again. It hasn't reset. Oh, wait. Yes, it has because he had his turn. You used your reaction for that round and yep. then it was your turn. Yeah. Yeah. So you have a fresh reaction. So you can if you want to because he's entered. 20 to hit. That hits. That is seven points of damage. All right. You stab him directly into the, to the chest as you knee him away and he's looking rough as well. Then that is Zen's go. Yep. I am going to cast Hex on the Crocodile mm-hmm. as my bonus action, and I'm going to choose Strength. Okay. Uh, so whenever you roll for a Strength check, you now have Disadvantage, and it's an auto hit. Yep. Then I'm going to cast Cure Wounds on myself yep. um, using my second spell slot. Five plus five, that's 10, bringing me up to 14. Okay. So what does your healing look like? Pretty much just like stars, like small bursts of light, like well, wisps um, spawning to existence and just permeate, which closes the to such. Very nice. Good job. Bayagram, you're up. Uh, I just basically turn and with the... Actually, can I bonus action hide and then sneak attack? Yes. Cool. I am. Bread and butter is a rogue. Yep. Let's do yep. it. All right. So you go so. towards the bottom of the stairs, duck behind the banister, hide yep. for a second, then... Pop back out. Exactly right. Won't need to roll a stealth check for now because no. you're considered hidden. Yep. Uh, but just uh, roll for attack. So that's 16. Uh, that'll hit. Three is six. And because they're right there, I can do a sneak attack. So that's another six. So that's 12 oh, nice. total. How do you kill that one? Basically, I just kind of just that laughing mouth that kind of attacked my leg. I just arrow right through that and pin him to the back wall. Very good. And he like pins up for a moment and you watch as he writhes and reels in pain. That then brings us to Leo's turn. Facing off against the crocodile. Yes, sweet. Leo's going to try and finish this dude. 23 again. Hit. You guys missed today or what? (laughs) And it'll do max damage of 11. Nice. How do you want to finish this battle and kill this croc? Plus (laughs) max damage. Very on the nice. hunter's mark as well. <laughs> Beautiful. So let's put some flavor on this, man. Absolute max damage. I'm, I, well, Leo's very sort of annoyed at the moment that his attacks haven't been doing too much. So he's going to go a little bit overboard, I think, and absolutely stab the bejesus out of uh, this crocodile straight through his mouth into the ground. And as he does so, he's basically just going to change his grip on it and like try and throw the crocodile off his sword down down the balcony and just yeet it. Very good. So all of those things happen as you watch this crocodile body flip over the balcony, hit onto the floor, but halfway down you watch as its hunter's mark explodes on it, making the head of this crocodile completely explode and jettison the rest of the body into the wall on the opposite side of the room and you watch as it just splats onto it <laughs> and slowly moves back down. You hear an epic roar from Leonidas having finished this battle as there is a moment's silence afterwards the roar ringing in the air. You look around and can see the shattered glass around this area and you can see what looks like three or four chefs that seem to be cowering behind the banquet table and you watch as one of them stands up and says, what a show. Oh my goodness. The Marcel's really put out on this last party and you watch as one of them just sort of pulls him down and says, shut up. If anyone asks, that was a demon and... We knew from the start, okay? We didn't start a fight with nothing but a demon. This is official business. I, can I try and investigate the uh, the 
bodies? Yes, most of them are exploded. Yes, my bad. Um, looking at them, the parts, the, the one that's most intact is the hyena one that just seems to be pinned to the wall. As you move towards, you can see a slow transformation taking place, a reversion. Uh-oh. And by about 30 or so seconds after watching, you watch as it is the, the picture of a human that seems to have an arrow through the mouth that just seems to be standing there pinned to the wall. You look towards the crocodile and you can see a headless body that seems to have been pushed against the wall, now human as well, but the other two are you cannot find or see. With the body of uh, Cardona, the, you said he spawned a weapon. Mm-hmm. Does that still exist or did that get exploded too? Uh, roll an investigation check. Uh, investigation is an 18. So looking around high and low, it seems to have vanished. Okay. The funny thing about that is as you look towards the body of that individual, there is no trace except for the golden mask that lays on the floor. I'll get I'll get you and also Micah to roll a religion check. 11. Uh, 18. So you know a little bit about fiends having just read up generally Zen about them. Most reside and are born in the underworld. You don't know this one's true name, but you figure this won't be the last time you see this individual having only destroyed it on the material plane of Kalimvor. And you know that their vengeance and wrath is fury-filled. I will try to take off my mask. You cannot. Fuck. Micah takes off his mask? You can. And I put it back on again. And you do. (laughs) And then I take it off again. And you do. (laughs) And finally... Micah can do something that the rest of his party cannot. As you all, <laughs> as you all try to pull the mask off of your face, unfortunately, it doesn't come off. Micah, could you try and take this off, please? <clears throat> I pull extremely hard. Should we uh, search the rest of the building? As you do that, it doesn't budge. <laughs> it doesn't budge. Damn no. it! All right. Well, um, you now start to realize why there was such deep scratch marks across this bird individual's face. You now know it to be self-inflicted. Roll insight checks, all of you. Okay, so both of you look at the creatures that had been slain. You saw the transformation that took place when they did transform. It looked extremely painful. And you see the mask on your face that can no longer come off. You see the scratch marks on these individuals that seem to be self-inflicted and you come to the conclusion that the bird individual that you had seen probably took their own life as a result of seeing no way out of their predicament. As you come to that realisation, you start to worry about the mask that resides on your face. Just to confirm, Fizz is a fiend? He's a celestial. He's a celestial. Can Fizz please try and remove one of the masks? What would you say to him? Is after ignoring everything that we just the green and the pew. Yeah, what a team, right? Oh yeah, we'll we'll address it later. What do you mean address it? That was perfect. Let's not put labels on something that's just happened. The cohesion of that was just perfect. I I think this is gonna be dive into something straight away. Look, I think this is gonna be a great relationship. Just need space. But please try and remove (laughs) one of these masks. What are you talking about? Space. I'm joined at your hip. I can't leave you. Can you please re- try and move, remove one of the masks? Well, those are the magic words. I'll do my best. Which one would you like? Looks like there's a bit of a time crunch on this sort of thing too. Can you please try and take it off Zen? 
Oh, sure thing. Come here, little boy. You watch as he will try. Pulls it off. Unable to. I'd like you three that with masks on to roll a perception check, please. Zen, you're the only one that notices because Leo and Bagram, you're busy trying to find a way out of these masks. But um, Zen, you notice that upon your forearms, uh, you can see patches of orange fur. Over Leonidas, you can see what looks like his ears sort of starting to beginning to elongate a bit, turning into that hair-like mask of his. And you look towards Bayagram and he has the stumps of horns beginning to come out of his own head. Right, okay. Leonidas, we should be worried. Bayagram, you look good. Uh, loving the horns. Horn bros for life. Um, <laughs> but we should probably find uh, my father and anyone else who's been affected by this curse and... With well, that? literally, that's everyone who's ever been at this party and try to get them back to Wizonia so we can try and start removing this curse ASAP. Do you think that they would have something in this house to remove it? I doubt it. It's probably done by the demon itself. Yeah. We should, let's, nine times out of ten, they're in the basement, so let's go with that. Can I go where we got the mask from, that little cupboard, and kind of investigate what might be in there still or if there's anything around there? Uh, yeah, as you go out, it's no longer there. The half-orc's no longer there, but you do see smatterings of people around the yard just sort of wondering what has gone on. Um, you do look around at a few of the different people around there and some of them start to try and pull their masks off and they can't either. There's probably about 35 people out here at the moment. What, okay. uh, what's the time? It started to be about 7 or 8 o'clock, definitely evening. And I, I come back and just let them know. The, uh, the, yep. the mask cover is all gone. There's nothing left. So I reckon continually investigating the rest of this residence, see what we can find. Can I divine sense again upon hearing that? Yep. Uh, it's only a 60-foot ping around you. Yep. Uh, the only thing you pick up is your celestial friend, Fizz. Did you pick up anything from the mask? Um, no, because yours picks up individuals, creatures, not oh, any okay. sort of item. Can I do an arcana check? Three, with a three, you definitely know that this is magically bound to you, but beyond that, you don't. You don't have any idea. Yeah. No idea. Yep. Is is there any other kind of um, uh, doors or stairs or anything leading yep. out of this area that we could start heading out? Yep. So as you look toward up and down the corridor that you had been uh, fighting this individual on, you can see three doors, one to the left, one in the middle, one on the right. As you look through those rooms, the middle one seems to be like a guest quarters. The end one seems to be like a gathering lounge room. And then the last one, the one on the left, as you guys check that one, the door to that one seems to be completely locked. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to kick it in. I just Roll a strength it. check. And if that doesn't work, I'll pick it. Yep. Yeah, 19. 19. So as you raise your foot, you push onto the door and as you do, it just splinters in half and cracks. Yeah. You do that as Bagram crouches down <laughs> with the <laughs> tools. Yeah. In but as you open this door, you can see that there seems Could to be... Go? A bookcase on the left-hand side, a large master bed, and you can see a desk as well uh, that seems to be covered in papers. I'm going to search high and low everything. Roll your investigation checks, please. Yep. Yeah, yeah. as well. You look between your hands. <laughs> you look to the left and look to the right, just wondering what power lays within these. Um, however, the the three of you eventually come across the desk, and on the desk you can see what looks like a torn-out piece. Of very old parchment. You can see what looks like arcane letters throughout it. And it looks like a page from a missing page from a book. As you look at it, some of the writing upon it with your checks you can see is definitely infernal in nature. 
Um, can any of you read that script? I can. Isn't this one of the pieces of paper that Arden was telling us about of the book? Why don't you read it then? Can you read it? You walk over and you, you <laughs> Micah, wonder why these people can't read it. It's in perfect common. People are just idiots. As you read it, you you look and you can see that it refers to an ancient being known as the Gatherer. The Gatherer was a force of nature created by the primordial titan of darkness during the Great God's War. And his job was to covertly turn agents of the forces of light onto the side of darkness. It appears he has resumed that on this plane. You also see that there seems to be a summon spell that appears to be broken and cracked, and you can see a diary that sits next to it as well. All of you also see the diary, and I'll say while Micah is reading this, one of you would pick that up to read. I'm book smart, so would you guys be cool with it if I do it? Yeah, it's cool, but can we see the language or anything? Yeah, it's common. It's written in common. Actual common? Yep. Legit coming. Can you read it out, out to us? Yeah, I'll read it out loud. <laughs> bedtime yeah. story. Get into bed. Story time. I'll, yeah. I'll check the bookcase then. Yeah. Or is it? You yeah. can check the bookcase yeah, if you like. Yeah, check the bookcase while it was reading. Yeah. A lot of what's on the bookcase you can see without a check. It seems to be historical tomes. There seems to be one that seems to denote family heritage of their, their noble branch. Mm-hmm. And you can see that they are actually, as you're perusing through, they are actually a very uh, notable house of nobility. They do give a lot to charity. They're very kind to the um, the unwealthy, you okay. might say, and they do a lot to help around. Lower socioeconomic status. Exactly right. Okay. You can see a lot of um, of basically uh, ledgers as well that denote how much they've donated to different places for tax purposes. Um, Classic. As you read the journal, Zen, you can see that Cordona seemed to be a very curious man. He was a very curious man that heard on the grapevine that ancient artifact had been circulating the city and he wanted to get his hands on it. You read on to say that he eventually was able to purchase a page from something that the seller told him was a spirit-bound tome. He said that the seller was a very flamboyant-looking pirate and that pirate's name was Tazenless. Oh, okay, not the one I was. As you see this transaction occur, you can see various different scribings of him trying to translate, and then that eventually stops. And then the scribings change. And as the pages turn, you just see the plan to gather as much as he can, to change as much as he can to devour as much of the innocence of this town as he can, to throw these parties and change people to make sure that they are following the will of the primordial titan of darkness who will return. His ambition seemed feverent in his scribes. As you look towards the end of the journal, there's almost like a eureka page, like he's done it. I've got it. I've unlocked it. Tonight I will basically bring my plan to fruition. How long ago was that? That was 14 days ago. Right. And at that, you also basically come to the realisation, combining all this information, that Cordona Marcel was host to the Gatherer for whatever time he was. You vanquished him. Where he's gone, you're not sure. 
whether he's dead, whether he'll come back. But you do note that the body of Cardona Marcel is no more. And I put that in my bag as evidence. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to search the bookcase for like um, secret doors or anything like that. You just start pulling out all the books. No, 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 like not, not that bad. <laughs> not, yeah, yeah. Like, not like like a burglar, just yeah. like actually. I'll get to- you to roll an investigation check. Okay. Get way to that bookcase you were checking out before. And as you go to like touch the side of the bookcase, you sort of push it as hard as you can. You can see that it slides across, revealing a secret door. Cool. Uh, hey, guys, I think I found a secret door. Before we go in on that page, obviously we're going to pocket it. Mm-hmm. You mentioned there was a summon spell. Yep. Is that... It's been used. Can it be said? read? Yes, it can, and you can read it, but it seems to have been expended. Roll an arcana check. 15. Okay, so with a 15, you're able to gather that this page entrapped a creature known as the Gatherer, and now it's released. So it really has no more use. The value of this page probably significantly has decreased to those that know and understand Infernal. However, its value may remain for those who are unaware that it has been spent. Zen, you're... Gonna ask you to talk. Is it possible to reverse a summon spell? Like, if we were to take it to the right people, could we use the words to capture and hold something that had already been summoned? I don't think so. I believe that's a complete opposite effect of the spell. Okay. It's like you can't cast a, you can't originate a water spell from a fire spell. It's at that moment where you hear the bookcase <laughs> slide over and. Yep. Leo mentions that there is a passage. And then Leo also starts heading down. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, yeah, no, I'm going with him. Um, who who grabbed that Tom page? Well, it's either one of you two. Uh, at this point, I will get Zen, Beagram, and also Leonidas to roll constitution saves. Teen. Okay, so all of you begin to feel the senses that you had felt felt heightened begin to increase, and you look down to the various parts of your body that have started to change, and they're increasing doing so you feel like this is going to get more intense very quickly as you begin making your way down this spiraled staircase you enter a room that seems to be very dark so those of you with dark vision look and you can see five tables that seem to have five body looking masses upon them uh guys close your eyes for two seconds uh, yeah. yeah and i'll cast light um so micah can see as well yep so in that starlight as um described previously by Zen, you watch as the light trickles down onto these tables and you can see that there appears to be five bodies on these tables. You can see that they're in various states of change. You can see one of them seems to have like a mask on that has various different furred features. It looks like a, a mouse's mask. You can see another one that seems to have like a a long-beaked bird's mask on and you can see another one looks like it has like a rat's mask and another one seems to have a lion mask on similar to yours. As you look around, you can see one of them is dressed similarly to how your father would dress. As you look over these bodies as well, Beagram, you note that one of them looks like the posters that you had seen on the fountain before, the old man with the bald head and the scruffy white beard. What would you like to do? Are they chained up? No, they're just lying there. I'm, I'm going to use that to detect spellcasters. Yep. So as you ping, uh, you get a... a um, a glowing highlight from 
the the individual that seems to be Zendardus's father. Are they breathing? What, yeah. Make a medicine check. What uh, what one would he be in, in the five? Third along. Third along. That's a flat 11. Okay. So they appear to be breathing in various states of change. Micah, uh, going with quarantine, we should all probably stay here and try not to allow animals to escape and run wild. You want to run back to Arden to get uh, the harvest so we can try and get her to come back and hopefully they'll be able to remove these spells or curses, I should say. Yeah, sure. I'll do all the uh, legwork while you guys uh, sit down and uh, make the most of this opportunity. For the next week, I will do your chores for you. Make it a week and a half and I'm gone. <laughs> I'll make it two weeks because you kicked the arse out of that demon. Oh, well. Seems like all that cobweb sweeping paid off. Shut up. I'm sorry, I'm just trying to make you realize that life ain't so bad. Run up the stairs and head back to the... Okay. The I'm going to follow him to try and calm down everyone and get them to come inside. They can still drink and yep. be fun. Uh, I'll say roll a perception, a persuasion check with advantage because you will have some others with you. So you make the speech. You say, everybody stay calm, come inside. There's something that we're sorting out. As an hour or so passes, you make your way back to the Valiant Odyssey Adventurers Guild. And as you go, you hear Fizz talking to you. And he says, so that was pretty good. It was all right, I think. What what, what happened? Do you- well, I saw that you were worthy, so I imbued your weapon with some excellent powers. Worthy of what? Worthy of my time, son. Worthy of my time. I'm a, uh, I'm a pretty big deal where I come from. Everybody loves a drink, see? So you're a pretty big deal at the bottom of a glass. Well, that's where I can uh, enter this realm from. You're lucky you found my well, my device. So what happens if the device is destroyed? Then I can't come here anymore. What happens if you're destroyed? Then I guess I go to the underworld like everybody else. But then you come back through the device? Only if the device is still active. Huh. Look, this is a partnership that I think would uh, really benefit both of us. What do you, what benefit are you getting out of this? I get to see all these amazing sights and uh, pour drinks whenever I want to and extend my purview on the motor world. And I get to talk to myself like a crazy person. You'll always have a friend in me. Let's not throw around the F word. Just, again, no labels yet. I feel like you have a problem with commitment. You sound like my ex-wife. Well, maybe that this would be better than that. Look, we're, um, we got a job to do. There's people waiting for us, so we should hop to it. Um, and at that, you make your way through the door of the Valiant Odyssey Adventurers Guild. You find Arden. Arden summons Siraj. And you circular teleport through the Staff Mage's uh, ability. And you find yourself on the grounds of the mansion before. Siraj looked towards you, Micah, and you can see she's got dark skin, these crow's feet wrinkles. You can see black curly hair that seems to go down to about her shoulders. She's wearing these uh, academic robes and she's holding this very black, ornate onyx-looking tall staff, which you saw before the Dragonborn statue was holding. She seems like a big deal. And from what you've heard in the city, she is a big deal. Mm-hmm. At this point, I'll get Bayagram, Zen, and also Leo to roll constitution saves for me. Okay, yeah, so 
you, um, Zendardis, has started to, actually all of you had started to corral these individuals, these 35 individuals into various different rooms to try and separate them as best that they can. As you guys had finished this task, you sort of rub your hands together thinking the job's done. And as you do that, Zen, you look towards Leo and also Beagram and you watch as you hear this snapping noise. You watch as they start to move in a way that seems to be very weird. And Beagram and Leo, you start to feel uneasy in yourself. You start to feel this writhing in your stomach. You start to feel a burning heat coming from your face. And you watch as as much as you try to rip off this mask, it doesn't seem to come off. And at that point, um, Zen, you watch and see as Beagram gets down on all fours and you watch as his legs extend, his hands turn into hooves. And you watch as this transformation is starting to happen. You watch as his horns begin to come and permeate from his head and it's at that point you watch as Micah, Siraj and Arden enter the door and close it behind them. What I'd like us to do is roll initiative, please. (laughs) Oh dear. That does it for this week's episode of D&D Valiant Odyssey. Tune in next time to catch up with our heroes and make sure you're also following our socials at Instagram so you can keep up with all the show announcements, artwork episodes and giveaways we can't wait to hear from you and remember share this podcast to anyone who can't get enough of good stories geeks out over narrative role play and loves D. we'll see you next time